This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hi, I am Henry Murat, co-founder and CEO of Change of Paradigm. And what I love really about fashion is uh, digital fashion is really uh, that it opens uh, infinite uh, number of uh, creative opportunities. In fact, I came to loving fashion through digital fashion. From New York City, you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. I'm Mark Rako, and uh, with me, or or I, I'm staring at him anyway on the video screen here, is Pavan Ball. Hey, Pavan. Hey, what's happening, Mark? What's what going is, on? What's happening? How's the baby, by the way? How's the baby? Pavan has good. A, little, She's... a little one. Ugh. She started crawling last week, Mark. It's a whole new chapter. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Getting a little bit more exercise in my day. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, congratulations on that. Uh and uh, with us, someone who's uh, no longer crawling, definitely, definitely running with his business, is uh, Henry. Henry, welcome to the show. Thank you very much uh, for having me. I'm very glad to participate to your show. Very good, sir. Where are you uh, coming into us from? Where are you located right now? Well, um, I'm, we're located um, in Paris, France. Um, although I, uh, I spend a lot of my time in Shanghai, in China. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, the company uh, Change of Paradigm is based in, in Paris, in France. And where, where are you calling in from right now? Uh, from Paris. From Paris. Yes. Yeah. So, and, in and- fact, my, my wife and my son went back to Shanghai, uh, but because of the current situation, I'm kind of stuck here waiting for a, a new visa. That's a tough thing we don't often get a chance to talk to people about we don't have to spend a lot of time on this but that's an interesting dynamic we don't hear a lot about is families completely separated for an unlimited amount of time uh, yeah. because of this that's a tough thing um thank it, good it, it's a tough time i guess for everybody it's a, it's a yeah. tough time uh, and confinement was pretty tough i mean we're to, all together during the confinement in in france uh, so, uh, um, in fact, we were in China first, and then we we all moved to France. And when we arrived in France, France started confinement. So we did the confinement in China, then we had to do it in France. But we, at least we were together. That was, uh, that was good. All right. So uh, you have such an exciting company, and uh, I don't usually start out this way. But I think it may be very important to understand what the nature of your company is right off the bat. I think it's going to give us context for for really what you're doing. So, uh, and I think where I'd like to suggest we start with it is what you're doing. I wouldn't say it's the first time we've heard of something like this, but I think the way you're doing it is is certainly very intriguing. And it offers so many new possibilities. So can you kind of approach telling us about your company through that lens, Henry, about sure. how, how what you're doing is taking it to the next level? Yeah, sure. In fact, what you're saying is very interesting because when we started to work on the, on the 3D fashion and digital fashion a few years back, uh, we were kind of um, one of the few people who were really working on that. And it was very early. And now you see a lot of uh, companies, uh, individuals uh, 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 participating to this uh, 
long trend um, of uh, moving towards uh, digital, and uh, which is a very good sign. In fact, it means that uh, this is becoming mainstream. Um, it, of course, generates more competition, but it's also a, a very positive uh, aspect. Um, what we are doing, just to summarize in, in a few words, what we are doing is we are doing a, we are a 3D CGI virtualization startup. Um, and what we do with one single 3D object, we uh, allow production and deployment of 3D assets, content and experiences across platform and application. That's where really our originality um, uh, resides. It's uh, that we take one 3D asset and we uh, deploy this asset across platform. It can be an e-commerce website, it can be uh, Instagram, it can be a uh, pre-rendered video for a PR campaign, um, can be a 3D asset for games, and we all do that from the same uh, single assets. So what we are doing is, uh, while, one, we're addressing brand identity uh, through uh, storytelling uh, using 3D uh, and its infinite creative options as a way to uh, create and develop, spread uh, the brand identity across different generation, different uh, uh, culture, and so on. So brand identity through storytelling. We also uh, offer alternative solution to photo shooting in uh, by doing 3D virtualization of garment. Also, we create new user experience using the potential uh, of 3D, uh, interactive, immersive user experience. And in the current uh, situation, it really um, it positions itself as an alternative to uh, brick and mortar sh uh, shopping or even online experiences. It's it's really uh, something which uh, is different. You know, you know, we've seen uh, you know the introduction of uh, product pages incorporating video quite a bit in their products, and you know, having that attribute to a larger conversion rate from the consumer standpoint. Uh, how are you seeing? Are there is there any uh, tangible data that's out there uh, in terms of seeing how three D um, you know relates to I guess overall conversion? We have currently a few uh, A-B testing uh, going on with a, a few partners to try to measure precisely uh, the impact of uh, either a 3D viewer instead of a photograph, a 3D viewer where you can manipulate the object and see it from any angle, uh, zoom in and all that, <clears throat> or even other solutions like a web 3D, 3D showroom or a 3D uh, store, pop-up store. Uh, any of the solution we're trying to measure um, quantitatively uh, if it has an impact on um, on the conversion rate. Because you are right, I mean, any solution that we can offer besides the creative aspect of it uh, has to be measured and uh, to uh, result into uh, be, being able to attract more customers, being able to engage with them more, being able to retain but at the end of the day, it all comes up to a conversion rate and ROI. So, I mean, what are what are the use cases that you're finding that most of your clients um, are are experiencing or are leveraging your solutions for? So, I'm assuming, uh, of course, e-commerce is is a piece of it. But when you go to your website, you're, you're seeing everything from showrooming, as you mentioned, fashion mm. shows, simulations, yeah. uh, ad campaigns, mm. Instagram content. Uh, can you walk us through kind of what are the the kind of bread and butter use cases for your clients? Yeah, so, so I would say I, I would uh, uh, describe our, our products in six categories. Uh, one, we have um, stills and uh, animation for product display. So that would be 
uh, used uh, on a regular e-commerce website. So in terms of taking a photography or a video, you would use a 3D simulation. Um, this impact should be uh, very limited in terms of increasing um, conversion rates because it has nothing which is specific to a 3D, but the, the interest from the customer point of view is that by creating the 3D asset for this product display, they can use the same 3D asset, as I mentioned, to create an uh, interactive experience, to uh, distribute this product in digital, uh, in uh, gaming platforms or such like that. But uh, So that's the first thing, product uh, display solutions, uh, where everything is done in CGI. Second thing we, we do is editorial content. So that's more the storytelling uh, aspect of it, where we can create a fashion film or a short video for Instagram, uh, where we can really uh, use any kind of scenery, any kind of uh, avatar, um, any kind of special effect. So this is uh, more the creative aspect uh, of it, or we can use it also for now something which is really becoming uh, the norm, uh, digital uh, uh, fashion week and, and things like that. So that's the second thing we do. The third thing we do is what we call web interactive solution. And that's more, here you're really getting to the core of what 3D can offer in terms of interactive experience, which is different from any uh, photo or video that you use uh, on traditional platforms. So among the uh, web interactive um, experience, we, we have uh, four sub-products. We, we, we do 3D viewer where uh, the end user has full interactivity with the object. Uh, we do uh, interactive uh, shoppable video, uh, where, which is basically a 3D viewer, but because it's a video format, instead of being a 3D object format, it, uh, it's, uh, you can push really to the, uh, to the extreme the, 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 content, uh, um, the content richness of your, of your video in, in terms you can have a very elaborated background, you can have a very high resolution, very high polygons, things. So, um, but then you can interact with this video similar that we do with a 3D object in a 3D viewer. Then we have a um, web 3D showroom, basically where we create a 3D space. It can be anything, a 3D space. We, you place some uh, looks or some uh, object in this 3D space and then uh, from the web, um, I mean, on the web, either from a laptop, desktop, or from a mobile, people can freely interact in the scene. They can move in the scene. They can go from one object to the other. When they arrive in front of an object, they can trigger some rich media content or other things. Uh, so that's really um, something that, which is uh, appealing to a lot of brands at the moment, this uh, 3D uh, viewer. Um, the first thing we are doing is uh, traditional AR or VR applications. Um, this uh, AR application can be either a, a plain VR uh, AR application can be a plain AR where you 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 make the uh, look appear in front of you in your real environment, or it can be a virtual showroom where you can enter in the showroom and uh, interact with the garment within the space that you have created. So that's uh, the the fourth thing we're doing. The fifth thing is that we're using the same 3D assets to be able to uh, allow our brand partners to distribute these 3D assets on uh, gaming platforms or social VR platform. So whether this uh, asset uh, represents an existing product or a purely digital product. So uh, uh, 
you can on VRChat and uh, on Sensor in the US or um, Sims 4 or Fortnite, but for, Fortnite is a little more difficult to access it in the sense that they, they, it's not an open um, platform. And the uh, sixth thing, which is something which is also becoming very, very uh, big at the moment, is to sell the 3D assets as a digital-only garment. So the, the, the end user will send you their picture, you will dress up uh, the user, and then they can use this picture to post on Instagram or uh, on different media. Mm. So instead how, of how long instead is that of, process? That's amazing. So yeah. like instead of buying that $5,000 dress, you can just... Yeah, get painted with one, take a picture, get all the attention yeah. without investing exactly. in the dress. That, oh my god, pretty, that's becoming what? pretty big, and uh, I think that's that's one of the future of, of, of uh, fashion, also, especially in the world we are entering. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, consume less, and, and in fact, in this case, don't consume at all, and still get your Instagram post. What a world! Wow, yeah. what a world. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, um, I'm curious about the gaming side of things. You know, we haven't talked about that much on this show, and it's a, it's a huge avenue uh, that is still a surprisingly largely untapped, although you are seeing now brands get more and more involved, not necessarily the fashion side, but they're starting to, you know, um, uh, to participate or test. Uh, what, what are you seeing? What's what, what are interesting, um, I guess, integrations between fashion brands and gaming that you've seen? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. It's a totally untapped market. I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, I think the the, the sales of three um, D assets in gaming uh, last year was like fifty billion. Yeah, or no big deal. Fifty billion this year or whatever. Uh, if I remember correctly, last year Fortnite uh, they were doing like three hundred fifty million a month. Uh, on their own, so it's a huge market, and as you said, it's totally untapped by fashion brands. I mean, you start to see a few fashion brands. At least the first step, the the big luxury house are trying to connect with these gaming platforms, but not necessarily from the inside. For example, the collection that we Vuitton did with a uh, League of Legend is just a League of Legend collection of physical garments. So they they are using the the League of Legend appeal uh, to sell the, a collection which uh, uh, is inspired by Legion. religion. But that's not putting <clears throat> garment within League of Legion. Mm. Yeah, do, so I mean, I is it, it, when do you expect that to turn? Like, where are the conversations right now? Uh, it's, it's, it's getting very fast. It's, it's, yeah. uh, I mean, the two major trends, it's a uh, uh, three assets for gaming platform, and you, you start to see like uh, a few examples of uh, Missoni did something, uh, I don't remember, with, uh, with Genie, uh, or, or Gucci did something with Genie, uh, Missoni did something, I think, with Sims 4. Um, I think you have also brands like uh, Levi's or a few brands which are selling garments in, in a few of these uh, platforms, but it's not the main trend yet. And the, the real the question is that I think the, the, the fashion brand, especially the luxury fashion brand, have to realize that uh, uh, they have to accept the fact that the, their garment as a digital asset for a game will not look the same as the real garment or as a very high uh, resolution um, pre-rendered video. Because all these all these all these platforms are a lot of constraint in terms of uh, 
a number of polygons in in the in the in terms of how the government will behave. Um, so it's a, there's still a, a switch that is is happening, but it's uh, is is not as as big. In fact, I believe that the, the the luxury brands today will go in fashion only before they will go for uh, 3D assets in gaming. They are totally uh, 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 obsessed by gaming platform, and when they see the numbers of uh, visitors or traffic or whatever, I mean, they are trying to think how can I get the benefit from that. But um, I think the, the first stage will be the digital-only uh, collections. And you, you can yeah. see a lot of brands that are going that way now, in fact, in the next few months. Well, I, I mean, uh, I, I came across, um, you know, digital, I guess, digital models uh, more recently yeah. or earlier this year. And the idea is that, and I'm sure this is your world, but, uh, you know, when you go to a show, a physical event, uh, the ability to engage not only with a campaign model being digital, but also in the physical using AR tools, uh, being able to take pictures with these digital personalities that have large influential followings on Instagram or on TikTok, and they're not real people, right? And and this is, uh, I'm curious, how much are you interacting with that world um, and where do you see that going? Well, I, I mean, I think uh, last time I, I, I looked at Lil Michela, which is a, the, the digital influencer that has the most followers. I think it's more than 2 yep. million now. It's like 2.3 million followers, something like that. Then you have the other one, uh, Shudu Gram. Shudu is uh, from, uh, di- yeah, that platform's called The Digitals, right? D-I-I-G-I-T. Yeah, Shudu has about like 700 or 800,000, something like that. I think Shudu was close to like two or 300. I, I checked that out uh, yesterday ahead of this. Yeah, yeah and Ima, 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 which is a Japanese, yeah. uh, is also about yeah, 200,000, something like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they, they've become really uh, big in, in the industry. Uh, for us, we can uh, we, 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 we are creating our own avatars also because we are not only a 3D garment solution, we are also creating a 3D avatars, 3D scenery, uh, the whole aspect. But uh, uh, we, we, as, as you said now, there's absolutely no limit between reality and digital. Uh, you can have a digital avatar like Lil Mikela, which will take a picture wearing a real garment. Or you could have a real avatar, a real influencer that could be uh, through the process I mentioned earlier, that could wear a purely digital garment. So uh, for us, it's it's uh, it's a, a little. Um, uh, of course, I think the digital influencers are paving the way for um, uh, and are reinforcing the the impact that digital fashion in general will will have uh, in the society uh, as a whole. But for us uh, to uh, address a digital avatar or to address a real uh, influencer is the same. We can yeah. do either now in in. You- in your opinion, though, is that uh, is that the route into the digital avatar game is to build your own avatars? Um, it seems, based on a, a quick comment that you made, that that is kind of how you're going to pursue it. We have no um, definitive answer on that. We, we, for example, in, in, in some of the gaming platforms or social VR platform, we're going to uh, enter with some brand partners. We will offer uh, we will offer the possibility for the for the gamer either to buy only the digital garment and to put it in onto their avatar or to buy also 
an avatar that we propose and to use this avatar uh, in, on the platform. So uh, for us, we, 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 we don't push our own avatar, but we offer that as an option. For example, uh, if there is a, a, a certain um, a, um, storytelling around a collection, uh, and if one avatar corresponds to, to the image of the collection, then uh, it might be interesting for the gamer or the, the participant to a social, a social VR platform to, to use that avatar. So check this out. For more than 15 years and more than 160,000 customers, the number one SMS marketing software, industry leader Easy Texting, has set the standard for business texting platforms. So it's a cloud-based self-service SaaS platform, and it's a top 20 best product for marketers, and it allows businesses of all sizes to reach and engage their mobile audiences. They've sent 5 billion messages to their customers, yes, but what can really move the needle for you is this. Texting delivers 600% more engagement than email. Now, what could you do with 600% more engagement? Look, 90% of people read new messages within 30 minutes, right? And text messages, 134% more likely to be read than emails. So when an online boutique wanted to send their existing customers coupons and information about upcoming sales, they wanted an easy-to-use text marketing platform, and they used easy texting. 89% of customers prefer messaging to communicate with businesses. 77% of consumers have a more positive impression of companies that text. So when a clothing store with a pop-up shop wanted to increase store traffic as well as tell past customers about new arrivals, they used easy texting. In-store traffic increased within just a few hours of their first text. They had positive communications with customers and they saved time. So you come to fashion as your business for valuable business insights and strategy, right? This one is a game changer. Texting allows you to facilitate scheduling, enable staffing, promote products and services and notify customers, and the big kahuna provide an excellent customer experience. So, Fashion Is Your Business is going to hook you up. Easy Texting is offering a free trial to listeners of the Fashion Is Your Business podcast. Just text FASHION to 858 858- 585. Again, that's fashion to 858-585. Message and data rates may apply for this recurring message program. Really amazed at the, uh, for the animations that you show uh, on your site, which is obviously one of, one of your offerings Right. So mm-hmm. you've achieved something I rarely see in even very high budget animated realistic films, which you you've gotten down the the weight of the walk, the, the like the flow, right? The yeah. flow, but yeah. also the yeah. fact that there's a there's an actual impact to a step mm. and what it does to the body. It's so realistic. Uh, my question is, without giving away the secret sauce. 
what kind of R&D went into trying to go a step above even the highest level Hollywood realistic 3D animation to do something that you rarely see in films? What did you what did you guys undertake to try to achieve uh, such a thing? Okay, first of all, we 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 believe that the end result of uh, animation is really will depend on the combination of all the factors. That is, if you have a weak point, that will destroy the whole thing. So if your if your animation if your motion capture is not great, and if the behavior is not great, then uh, even if you have a great uh, garment simulation and a great texturing of the garment, that would won't look that good. If the avatar is not great, so it's really the everything needs to be perfect to have uh, because otherwise you will only notice what is what is is That's not okay. perfect. Uh, so it. you, it's, it's really uh, the combination of that. I think what we uh, I don't want to say that we have a, we have um, technology age on all aspects of the element that enter into animation. We use obviously a lot of uh, commercial solution. We work with a lot of um, motion capture studios, uh, you just need to choose the right ones um, because we did some tests with other motion capture studios that the results were not great. But uh, I would say that where we have our own unique uh, proprietary technology is really on the texturing of the garments. Uh, that, because that's absolutely key. We spent, in fact, before we created the, the, the change of paradigm, we spent a lot of time in uh, in working on the texturing, and uh, that makes a lot of difference. Yeah, I mean, look the the biggest problem with uh, with digital in the luxury space, at least, is the is trying to replicate the feel, right? So yeah, the, the, the more yeah. that you can enhance the the visuals, so that it feels like you're actually feeling it, yeah. then you know it's the, like muscle like memory almost. You can activate. You have, the, to, you have so, to remember, we started we started the company. Uh, I don't want to calculate the number of years, but even before we started the company, we started to work on the R&D and all of that. But at the time, uh, most of the um, commercially available solutions were more focusing uh, on geometry. Basically, they, they, they were designed for uh, a design department in a fashion house to do prototypes. So if they were not designed for the end user to, to interact with the garment. So the all of the texturing was not really the, the, the point um, because it was for professional, uh, an internal tool uh, inside the design department. And uh, so that's why at the beginning we spent a lot of uh, time and resources in investing into this texturing uh, aspect. But what, what is the process? So, I mean, like, look, if, if I wanted, uh, you know, to, to wear a beautifully fitted garment that I don't, necessarily have but using your solutions or if i had a model that i wanted to essentially you know film on a runway and in somewhat of a blank canvas and then send it to you and is the deal is that you can outfit it in all of my different garments uh, at one shot so i don't have to redo the actual takes or even have the model present like how does that work well so we we, we are not um we are not a f- photogrammetric solution uh, you see, there are two 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 ways to do 3D. Either 3D CGI or photogrammetry or scan. Um, okay, <clears throat> they both have their their plus and and minus, uh, like everything in in the world. But uh, 
so we'll not talk about the minus of the photogrammetry, but we'll talk of the plus <laughs> uh, of CGI. Basically, uh, what is great with CGI is uh, it's totally flexible. That is, uh, if you have uh, an avatar, uh, a garment, uh, a motion capture, you can put the avatar on, on uh, you can put the garment on any of the avatar you have. So you don't need to re-simulate the garment. Same thing, you can, so you, or you can change the avatar from any garment you have. You can apply any motion capture to any of your uh, uh, rigged uh, avatar. So basically, uh, uh, if you have a library of motion capture, you can apply any of this uh, motion capture to... Uh, you can put this avatar with a motion capture on any scene. You can adjust the lighting. You can create special effects. So it's totally uh, flexible, which photogrammetry is not that flexible because each time you want... To, to do something, you need to take. A you have take. to retake the photos. Yeah. Yeah, you need to retake. Yep. Uh, but but, but that's really what I mean. So so for me though, if if I uh, if I've let's for argument's sake, I run a luxury house, and mm -hmm. I wanted to um, have one model run down, uh, you know, do maybe a, a look or whatever it may be, a few poses, and then take that same pose, and then can you can you then outfit that in all of my in my full collection? Sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah. That same that same motion capture, then yeah, given absolutely. that, okay, if you it. want, yeah, and you can and you can even uh, you can play with the camera angle because it's three D, so you can yep. even if it's the same the motion capture, it'll look see, different. It'll look you different. Can, you can make it look different. So yeah. uh, I think that's a very important point, and that explains uh, our, the, the the quintessence of our approach. Uh, if you remember, what we do is that we create these three D assets. And then we, we use these 3 assets across platform, application, and content. And that's really the, the nature of 3D. And that's what we've we focused on to be able to create a, a platform which is as automated as possible, as scalable as possible, where you can take, uh, you, you can really, so for example, for our customers, they don't have to pay twice the simulation of a garment. They, 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 pay, they, 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 they do one simulation, if they want to see this garment in a pre-rendered video, we can create a pre-rendered video. We want to see this garment in an AR application. It's the same 3D object that we optimize to be able to uh, fit a real-time uh, constraints. Or if they want to distribute this garment into a gaming platform, they, they will take the same 3D garment. So it's basically, it costs more to do a 3D virtualization of a garment than to take a picture, but the picture is what you have and that's it. With the 3D uh, virtualization, if we really think on how you can really uh, um, take the, all the advantage of, of, uh, of what 3D has to offer. You can really um, deploy this command across application, content, uh, platform, and at the end, it costs you less. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, I'm wondering, like, you came from the agency world. I mean, you're an executive from the agency world, um, and you made a leap to start a technology company, which is for argument's sake, one piece of, uh, you know, the full pie when it comes to building a brand or an e-commerce digital experience. And I'm wondering why you did that. What did you see in this opportunity that was so strong that you had to leave, you know, a lifetime career to, to pursue this at, at this stage? Well, uh, so first of all, I, I, I started to, to work on Change of Paradigm when my daughter, Raphael, was a fashion designer and was working on convergence between the fashion and technology. 
um, asked me to to some some advice and some uh, things and and then um, so I started to work with her on that and uh, before that uh, before that I was fashion for me was a uh, I mean like everybody else I, I had my preferred piece uh, of garment my preferred brands uh, but. Uh, it, and I was also in the business of fashion e-commerce, so I, 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 I did. Uh, I, uh, I was in this world, but I, I didn't have any special relationship to fashion as I have now. And and basically through this uh, through this work, we started to to work together, and we, we spent a lot of time to. And we started by asking us ourselves the question: What would justify the use of three D for fashion? What why would people? What makes uh, and in fact, we were at the, at the stage, of, although we were much too early, we were thinking already at digital-only fashion and all this uh, application, but that was too early. So we um, uh, we really started to work on that, and I became totally uh, um, hooked uh, to this project and to the um, and to digital fashion because of all the potential. I mean, it's both creative, it's technology. It's a huge uh, economic sector, concerns everybody in the world. Uh, so it's really a combination of factors. And the, and the fact that you can, uh, uh, and technology is evolving so rapidly, uh, not only the, the, the software technology, but also the hardware uh, technology. Uh, I mean, what you can do now uh, with a smartphone or and, and what we'd be able to do with 5G and all this kind of stuff. It's, I mean, five years ago, it was impossible to do. So things are really moving extremely, extremely fast. And so everything is coming together. I think this is really the, the I would say that 2020 would be the, the year where really digital fashion will, will uh, and also for the reason that we know uh, about uh, social distancing and all this kind of stuff. But uh, it's really, everything comes together. Uh, I mean, there's a convergence of factors that make it uh, a natural um, extension of uh, regular fashion. You know, Henry, I'm wondering, one of the things you mentioned was about, uh, you know, the reasons why digital fashion models or digital fashion might, might, you know, what are the arguments for it, if you will, uh, the things mm -hmm. that support why this, this matters. And it seems to me that one of the things, you know, one of the issues that's happened as a result of the pandemic, uh, as everyone knows, is the impact on the influencer business. Uh, one of the things being people feeling a little different about what they want to see influencers living lives of apparent privilege or whatever, and, and watching them prance around has changed for a lot of people and it's impacting the influencer business, uh, which is a tool for fashion a lot in, in their marketing. One of the ways that fashion really gets a uh, fashion brands get a real uh, jump sometimes, especially younger fashion brands, is when a celebrity wears their piece of fashion mm -hmm. and they can blow up in a second. So it seems to me that an application for you that could fill a void in that influencer market is the ability to digitize certain celebrities and essentially license their likeness. Maybe it's expensive. I don't know, but I'm saying, uh, and then basically, you know, have, you know, what could you do if you had a runway show, fashion show filled with celebrities or celebrity models that aren't really there? Think of the influence impact there. So my question is, is how are you thinking about this as an application of what you're doing, number one? And number two, 
you know, how are you, how are you working to make go, have that go from theory to, to, to reality? Uh, it's funny because that, that's uh, an idea that I've, I've had in mind for, for a few years now. Uh, it's really to, to partner with uh, a few uh, uh, fashion influencer and uh, propose to uh, do a, a 3D scan, a very high resolution 3D scan to create an avatar, which is really uh, like them. And then, uh, uh, work with them to to use this uh, 3D asset to to generate under their their uh, their supervision and the, with their agreement, of course, to to be able to to um, to create a content uh, of any kind uh, with their with their uh, character. Um, and uh, I, I think that I, I mean I still believe that that's a good idea. On top of that, the advantage of the 3D um, the 3D asset is that uh, uh, you can uh, let it uh, stay young forever, or you can uh, uh, age the person. So you can really create not only with a with the uh, with a um, influencer, you can um, make make the influencer go through different stage of life, uh, and uh, so I think it's a great idea, and I will tr- I will push for that, and uh, I think. It, it might be the time to approach some of them. Uh, first, first, maybe you can tell them, okay, do you want to try to to uh, dis, to uh, display some uh, purely digital garments uh, on your Instagram just to see how people react. Uh, in fact, we are working on a project now, uh, uh, which is very similar to that, is that we're creating a, f- a few digital couture, um, what we call digital couture, uh, garments uh, that we propose to a few uh, people to wear, and then from there, hopefully, they can see yeah. the the benefit of also of creating an avatar of themselves and uh, be able to to use that. Yes, it's an amazing thing too because you think about the uh, the opportunity for a model, let's say, freezing them in time, basically, yeah. and yeah. having them have li- a license fee that comes from either a one big buyout or they, they for years they could continue to, to get new work. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you is about body types um, in, in terms of, you know, all the models we, we see on your site, which is a very small glimpse into the world that you've created and what's possible um, are, are seem to be a, a kind of narrow number yeah, of yeah. body types. Um, how have you looked at the ability to not just uh, present different body types, both in terms of age and size, but mm-hmm. also the motion capture that you did, you know, a larger person walks with a different gait absolutely, than a, than a thin person absolutely. does. So how have you thought about that? And, and what have we, you executed now? In fact, we have uh, in our avatar library, uh, in our motion capture library, uh, a number of options, um, uh, and and I think it's uh, it's uh, we, we have, uh, I mean, any kind of variation uh, of uh, body type, uh, skin color, um, and, and we have also uh, because I think you're absolutely right. You have to have motion capture for each uh, body type so they can. They don't look awkward when they when they walk, um, because people with different morphology will walk differently. So we have that. The, the, I think the question is really uh, for the brands to 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 select uh, these uh, body types for pre-rendered content. I think that the other option is that uh, um, 
we 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 can offer to to our brand partners if they if they want to use our technology to uh, for their regular e-commerce websites, uh, we can offer that uh, the but that we require some uh, um, development on their end, but basically to let uh, the the customer uh, use the default body type on which they want to see the garment displayed. Uh, as you know, everybody is working on virtual uh, try-on and all of that, so that, that's uh, the next step. Uh, and, and there has not been so much success for the moment because the technology is still not there. In fact, you, in order to offer a very high quality, uh, real-time um, virtual try-on, you need to be able to do not only real-time rendering, but real-time simulation. And that's something we're working with a company based in the UK, uh, but it's still not there. Or you need also to be able to use soft body avatars and not only hard body avatars, things like that. Or you need to be able to, to make sure that the digital fabrics will break. Because now you can put a size, uh, uh, I don't know in the US what, what size sizing you have. Uh, but you, you extra, extra, a, extra large. Yeah, so you can put <laughs> a, a X size on the extra large body. In digital, we, we, we have a lot of those. Henry, I'm curious uh, to hear, uh, like taking a shift away from the product itself and just talk about the, the company and the experiences through these accelerators that you've been uh, a part of. So uh, you've been part of a notable one over here through the New York Fashion Tech Lab. Uh, that's how I came to know of you. I'm an advisor over mm-hmm. there or a mentor. And then on the second side is I saw that you also participated in um, in Farfetch's, uh, I believe yeah. they call it the Dream Assembly um, incubator over there, which is, uh, of course, a, a quite a coveted one on, on your side of the pond. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, the intent on going through those and did you like what was the experience um, that you had in terms of uh, the team and the business? Okay. Well, I think both uh, New York Fashion Tech Lab and Farfetch Dream Assembly were great experiences for us and quite different. Uh, Farfetch, Farfetch is, uh, is a word by itself. Uh, uh, it's Farfetch. It's um, the brand that they now uh, own, uh, um, like uh, now they, they just purchased NGG uh, Off White, uh, but they also own the uh, Browns. Uh, so really, uh, I've, I've never seen a, a brand that allocated so much senior management resources to. Uh, be able to interact with a, uh, a cohort of uh, startups who were, I think, six or seven in the cohort of, uh, of Farfetch. But we, we met with everybody in Farfetch, I mean, every head of department. And uh, that was absolutely great in terms of uh, being able to 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 uh, uh, explain what we wanted to do, to also clarify uh, how our solution could help, uh, help them. Um, and and we we had a, we had a tremendous experience, and that brought us a lot of things. We also, the team from Deep Assembly also helped us a lot to uh, um, to develop uh, to refine our business model. Um, and so that that was a great um, New York Fashion Tech Lab was uh, the most amazing uh, experience. Uh, uh, my daughter Rafael, who is as, as you understand. The co-founder of the company was the one who participated to to the New York Fashion Tech Lab. Um, unfortunately, we had to do part. She had to do part of that remotely because of the confinement. Uh, but uh, it was 
uh, amazing in terms of introduction, uh, introduction to uh, brand uh, potential partners, uh, introduction to investors, industry um, leaders. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, uh, in uh, in uh, the few months we, we spent with New York Fashion Tech Lab, we, we, we got contact with a uh, um, with a incredible number and variety of uh, of brands and uh, um, and thought leader and uh, so it's really it was another uh, way for us to be able to test our solution uh, with some brands in terms of what they would be interested in how we 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 needed to uh, maybe uh, tweak here and there to 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 meet their needs. Uh, the best possible way, but both uh, experiences were absolutely amazing. Do you expect to continue down the route of getting involved in accelerators and in tech incubators, things of that nature, or uh, from this point, is it now kind of hit the pavement? Um, and well, I, I think uh, for us, I mean, to uh, from the past experience, uh, if the accelerator offers. Um, uh, uh, something which is very specific to them and something that we, we feel that we need uh, their support. Um, I think it, it might be worth it. We are not going to go to an accelerator just to go to an accelerator. Uh, but for example, if you take, uh, there are some accelerators that we're looking at, um, like uh, there's an accelerator for uh, Lafayette Plug and Play, which is focused on retail. Uh, that could be a very interesting for us. Uh, uh, there are accelerators, for example, we're also developing a B2B SaaS platform uh, to automate and integrate um, our platform from uh, ordering to uh, content production to uh, content deployment. Um, and I know that uh, SAP as such as uh, an accelerator. So there are a few of them that... that uh, could really uh, offer something very different from the one we've been through and complementary. And then we, we, we look into and see if we, if we can, uh, uh, if it makes sense for us to join them. Uh, but uh, getting help from, uh, um, from professional and from people who are recognized in the industry is always a good idea. All right, Henry, uh, this is where uh, we give you a little reprieve, or maybe the hard part starts now, I'm not sure, and we move away from business and into some personal questions as we look at Henry as a human, uh, or a human away I'm from digital, business anyway. Man, uh, digital, <laughs> Fully not digital, digital now. Exactly. The, not the avatar, <laughs> but the don't real thing. Don't, don't get fooled <laughs> by the appearance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with a round of off-the-grid <laughs> questions right after this. As an American, there is no greater privilege and responsibility than choosing who will represent you and your family to determine the course of history, your lives, the economy, your health, your safety. On November 3rd, please choose to vote. To vote early or if you need an absentee or mail-in ballot, please visit vote.org. Your future self thanks you. Hey, 
And now, it's time for Questions Off the Grid with Fashion Is Your Business. All right, Henry, it's time for some personal questions with, that's right, Off the Grid questions, where we ask questions that are a little off the grid, a little more personal in nature, to decide the order that the questions are asked, which we have no idea what we're going to ask. We're going to make them up on the spot. <laughs> we spin a prize wheel called the uh, the Wheel of Grid Destiny. And whoever's name comes up first, ask the first question. I'm going to give the wheel a big spin. And the first question comes to me. Okay. Um, my question is... Dealing so much with technology and innovation and computers and digital and avatars and trying to make them seem as real as possible. What are the things that you like to do that return you to the real world uh, that maybe have a tactile or, you know, bring some humanity back to you and allow you to step away from that world and remember that's not real. Here's the real world. So what are the things that you do that ground you in the real world? You know, I have a son who's uh, 11. Uh, unfortunately, he's in China at the moment, but uh, and he, he plays soccer. So I'm really a soccer man. Uh, uh, <laughs> I like to... Um, I, I like to go and see him playing and uh, thing like that. So uh, otherwise, I, I we, but it's not real either. I, I, I play a lot of music myself, at piano and thing like that. So yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I would say what brings me back to the world is a uh, is a uh, is uh, usually your children. Who, whoever you are, it doesn't really matter for them. You know. <laughs> no, my follow-up to that question is really, um, you know, when did you start saying the word soccer for the sake of the U.S. Yes. Uh, audiences, and is it still um, awkward for you? Uh, sorry, before so, you yeah. answer the, uh, go. Let me, let me. I will explain your question to him again through my add-on question. <laughs> oh, <It's> so interesting <laughs> that you asked that question because what I was literally going to ask is. Looking at the difference between not reality and reality, before we started this, we asked you, would you like us to pronounce your name Henri or Henry? And you said, when I speak English, I pronounce it as Henry, which I believe is to accommodate the person that you're speaking with and to make it easier for them. You've actually altered your identity for the sake <laughs> of their comfort. And you just, you just did it with soccer again because – Honestly, I believe that, that I seriously believe that that Pavan and I would have known what you meant if you said football, um, which is probably. But, but how how long have you been saying the word soccer yes. to accommodate an American audience? <laughs> and is it awkward? Is it still awkward? Well, I guess it's uh, yeah. When I was young, uh, I was also a, a football fan. American <laughs> American football. Younger, yeah. It was more yeah. like. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, French, uh, I mean, European football. And football, uh, I was, yeah. a f in fact, I was a fan uh, of Brazilian team at the time. So it was football all the time. But since my son has taken over and because there's a very strong uh, uh, cultural influence from the U.S. in China, they always talk about mm -hmm. soccer, not about football. Uh, got so it, got so it's, it. Uh, it's kind of natural. So they... they uh, 
Yeah, and then and then maybe in conversation I, to, uh, I was talking about football, and then basically I saw that that was not really what I was uh, what people were understanding. But yeah, I guess if I speak in French, I would say football. If uh -huh. I speak in English, I would say soccer. It Even is... to an Englishman, we always say no football. <laughs> you're you're a very accommodating man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, another uh, spin of the wheel. And although I enjoyed Puvin's last question, uh, yep, I'm right. It is his turn. Yeah. So, um, you know, I find it fascinating. I think you're the first uh, father-daughter duo that I've uh, seen as co-founders uh, of a company. Um, you know, of course, top of mind, Mark had brought it up in the, the beginning of this episode, which we don't really talk about much, but uh, I have a young daughter. She's only 10 months old. And I'm wondering that uh, from her development, Rafaela's development through the, the years and your relationship with her, what um, what moments do you look back on when you uh, when upon reflection and saying, yeah, we would make a really good business partnership? Uh, yeah, uh, in fact, it, it was a natural evolution uh, when she started to when she called me a long time ago to start to, to think with her on the project and to work with her, I, I was, it was more like a father and, and daughter relationship. Uh, uh, yeah, I can make you benefit from my experience and all that. But when we, when we started really to, to become partner in uh, creating the company, it became much more professional, although, uh, of course, she was my daughter. But uh, it's, it's very interesting now when we, when we talk uh, but the company, it's really uh, um, <clears throat> the, the father-daughter relationship is, 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 has gone behind the, 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 the professional. I'm the CEO. She's the chief creative officer. Uh, so we, we have exchange. Some, we, we agree. We don't agree. But uh, um, <clears throat> it, it's, uh, it's true. When we are talking, uh, when we're talking business company, uh, the father-daughter relationship has it must always be there because you cannot really uh, erase that. But it's really uh, going to the second. Uh, it, it's it's um, it's not at least um, consciously uh, influencing the relationship. It become it can be tough discussion. It can it can be. Um, so I, I saw the evolution uh, at the beginning. She she was really my daughter also, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same for her. At the beginning, she was my daughter, and so she was talking to me as to her father. Uh, and now we are more talking uh, partner to partner. So I think that's a very uh, sound evolution. Um, uh, hopefully, when we are together outside of business, we still go back to the father-daughter relationship. Uh, but as you know, if you're in a startup, you're almost 24 hours uh, uh, on board. So I'm not sure there is a, a real... Uh, totally free time of uh, <laughs> pure daughter father relationship. I love, I love that question. And I love that answer. Thank you so much. Uh, you are doing such exciting things. How can someone who wants to, to know more or just to connect, uh, be able to do that? Well, I think that the, the, the best way to, to connect with me is through LinkedIn. Uh, I, I accept usually a invitation pretty easily. Uh, and um, so um, LinkedIn, uh, either through the uh, Change of Paradigm uh, LinkedIn page um, or through my personal uh, LinkedIn page. Otherwise, you can always uh, send me an email at henry at changeofparadigm.com. Um, that's, that's, uh, 
but uh, usually very responsive. All right. Henry Mira, uh, in English, that is, uh, yeah. the co-founder, uh, co-founder of Change of Paradigm. Uh, what an amazing business and, and premise you've set out and all the possibilities that are yet to be unpacked. Uh, congratulations. We wish you well. And we're excited to see what develops. And a year or two down the road, we say, hey, we know that guy. So, uh, thank you. Uh, well, well done, sir. Thanks for joining us all the way from right, thank uh, you for the opportunity. Cali. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. All right. That is it for this episode of Fashion is Your Business. We really appreciate you listening in real life, not digitally, although it is d- delivered digitally, I guess. But yeah. in any event, we <laughs> in real life, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Until then, uh, for Pub and Ball. Hey, take it easy, guys. <laughs> I'm Mark Rico. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.